0: The Bear Down Report podcast featuring Mike Page, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Ryan Dingle. Bear Down Report.
1: All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dingle. I am joined, actually, I got two with me today. Uh, our new staff writer, our newest staff writer, Mike Oosterwick from Melbourne, Australia. Mike, how are you doing today, buddy?
2: Very well, Ryan. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, man. Excited to have you on. And our guest today, so excited about this, John Buffone, host of the Buffon 55, uh, as well as Pass the Mic, bears things all over the place. John, thank you so much for being part of the show.
0: Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited just to jump into some Bears talk. As, as sad as it sounds, it is exciting to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny is the, the, the attitude that we've had over the last couple months has been less than stellar, you know, and kind of asking myself every once in a while, why am I doing this still? Why am I still a Bears fan? <laughs> and so, but alas, here, here we are, right?
0: Yeah, there's really nothing you can do about it, man. You're, you're kind of born into it.
1: Very, very much so. Folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you know you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com today or give my guy Jeff a call or a text 630-254-4734. All right. So first things first, John, let's talk a little bit about how you got your start. You're, you're, you've got the, the two podcasts, uh, you've been working in media. How did that all, all get started?
0: So I think there's a realization that every teenage boy has when he's about 16 or 17 years old that he's not going to be a professional athlete. And so when that finally came down into my brain, I realized that if I wanted to stay around sports, I had to learn how to talk and write about them. So um, I majored in broadcasting. I was on the t- I was on the student. I hosted a sports game show. I worked for the newspaper there. And then my first job out of college was hosting a sports radio show on a small am station 45 minutes north of pittsburgh a 1000 watt station i'm pretty sure only about 10 people got the station but uh that was exciting it was my own show i could produce it i could uh, i could book guests and you know i was only getting paid in royalties and sponsorships so you can imagine how much i was actually (laughs) making doing this uh but but it was so much fun it was a ton of fun it was it was a blast it was probably one of the most fun times i ever had in my professional career and obviously having having an uncle uh, my uncle Doug who was you know so relevant as far as sports radio goes in Chicago at the time he called me up and we were very close I mean he was just you know before he was a football player he was just uncle Doug to me so uh, he called me up he's like hey I heard you got a radio show and I'm kind of shy about I'm like yeah it's on this little tiny show you know maybe I don't know how many people listen he's like well how about I come on every week and talk football with you and I was like what? <laughs> Let's and like, go and he's like yeah, he's like I'm doing this thing for N- yeah, he's like I'm just wrapping up this thing with NFL films right now and then our shows here but I, he's like I can give you about 15 20 minutes every week. I'm like absolutely. So that did that really did two things. Uh it it obviously boosted my ratings because you could listen to the station online. So that did bring in a lot of people to listen to him online. And it really showed me the ropes on how to conduct myself to have a, have a successful or entertaining or engaging radio show because on a show like that and a station like that, you don't get a lot of call-ins. And so you got to be able to talk to yourself and fill a lot of time. And I became my own best friend. And here I am talking and not letting any you know dead air time, which I'm doing with you right now, just talking and talking. And you, eventually you phase yourself out. Uh, but I, I, I did that for uh, two years and uncle Doug came on every week to talk the NFL. And he told me 15 minutes and I swear to God, it, it it always elongated into about 45 minutes. And, you know, we forgot that we're, I, you know, I blew through all my hard breaks. I blew through the commercial breaks because I was just, I was just chatting with my uncle and that was, that was the most fun. Like I said before, the most fun I ever had. And then I realized that I got to start really, you know being because there was t- plenty of times where I wanted to quit and he's like stick with it stick with it this is a hard business to stick uh, to be with but you're going to regret it if, if you get if you decide to quit now so I really you know I I kind of bared down for lack of a better term and I uh and I got a job in central Pennsylvania covering uh high school sports minor league baseball stuff a lot of prep sports and I did that uh for t- uh, two three years and then I decided you know what I majored in television broadcasting in high school, Let's, or excuse me, uh, in college. Why not give that a shot? So for two years, I was a television reporter way out of my realm, covering hard news, covering robberies and drug busts and, you know, legislation and politics and all this other stuff. I was so out of my realm, but it was great because it rounded out my skills as a broadcaster. I was able to be in front of the t- uh, camera, understand what it took to really engage and in- look at this little green dot like I'm doing right now who would have known that this would be our life in 2021 but it is uh and, and then after that I got back with the USA Today network I was covering a lot of outdoors fishing hiking um hunting kind of stuff with them that was a blast because my office was basically outside was like hey go go find go go do stuff on the stream go go out in the forest do this it was it was a blast and I had a great time and then you know it, you know your career, it's, it's a wonder where your career can go sometimes because after that I got I got an offer from the federal government to run public relations for the Census Bureau and the Department of Commerce. So all of the year 2020 I was I was on the other side of these interviews. I was the spokesperson for the federal government doing these interviews, promoting the Census Bureau, or excuse me, promoting the uh, 2020 Census to all of these media outlets, television stations, radio stations, newspapers. And now uh, I decided to get into the private sector now where I realized that, and I know I'm rambling, but I, this, this entire, you know, it's all, I've, my professional career has only been 10 years. I've done all this in 10 years, but I realized throughout that amount of time, I gained this treasure trove of information about media and how media works and the business of it and how reporters think on print and in broadcast and radio. Uh, and I didn't really think about that until a couple a of couple years ago. And so now I'm using that. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a senior media relations manager for a, a firm out here in Pennsylvania, really teaching people how to conduct themselves in interviews, making sure they don't make any gaps, uh, recognizing when a reporter is going to set up a trap question or what is a question that could potentially come up in an interview. And now I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of that coach now where I used to be the reporter. Now I'm telling, Hey, I kind of, it's like switching sides at halftime where I'm like, Oh, I stole your secrets. I stole the playbook. I'm going to the other side now. And so that's, that's, that's what I've been doing, but it's been, it's been a wild ride for the last 10 years.
1: Well, that's got to be so cool, you know, because for, for so many of us, your Uncle Doug, we heard him on the radio before we saw the highlight film. And to, to see that kind of mentorship role that, you know, he played for you and now you're playing for other people, that's got to be really satisfying for you.
0: I can't tell you what he meant to me. And, and uh, I, I know people, some people remember him for his great play. A lot of people remember him for his radio. I remember him for being my uncle. And, you know, when he would come home for for hunting camp, he he was the butt of everyone's joke. I mean, he was one of seven siblings. So he'd come home and it's just like uh, no one, he wasn't, you know, Doug Buffon, the football player. He's Doug Buffon who hasn't, who misses every deer he's ever tried to shoot. So he's <laughs> he's, the, he's just the butt of all these jokes. And uh, the fact that he would just, he just talked, to, he just talked to me like, oh yeah, we were, I remember watching it was one of the last times I saw him. It was in 2013 when Louisville was in the national championship game. And obviously he attended the University of Louisville. So we were watching this and he's like, he's like, yeah, and when Louisville recruited me, I played baseball, football, and I or, and I they wanted me to play basketball. And so I went there and I played I went to one practice and realized that was never gonna happen. But he was recruited as a three-sport athlete to uh to Louisville and he and we're just talking about football and we're talking about the game. And, and it didn't hit me until after he passed. How many people would have loved to be in my shoes in that situation? We talked for one, two hours. And we talked during whenever I had my radio show, we talked on the phone all the time. And the fact that he kept me in this business when I wanted to quit, he taught me what to do. Uh, He came on my show to boost the ratings. All this stuff was not required from him. He got no publicity out of it. He had nothing to gain out of this other than helping me out. And I'll be forever indebted because of that and that's why the name of my show is buffone 55 he wore number 55 for the bears and whenever we started this podcast i said i wouldn't i'm guessing that no one would have approached me if my last name wasn't buffone and obviously you have i had to make my own way after that but i got my foot in the door and i understand that no someone wasn't just going to approach me about a bears podcast who's never heard of me except my name is buffone and they know that and i wouldn't still be in this business if it wasn't for him so I, I made sure that whenever we were starting this podcast that it was very evident that this was dedicated to him. And that's why we still have a B55 segment where I have five topics and I have 55 seconds to to rattle off all of my answers. All of that is because of him. And so uh, he, he may be, you know, he may have passed away, but there is, he has certainly not forgotten. And it's not just because of what I'm doing. Everyone will, will remember him, but it, it's, it's, it's my own personal mission to make sure that I always pay tribute to him because for what he did for me
1: John that's so cool I you know what a a way to honor your uncle not not the football player not not the radio guy but your uncle I think that's that's fantastic I do have a really quick question that's totally off topic is the Pittsburgh Steelers that's a really 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 good football team and being in Pittsburgh country do do you find yourself when the Bears are obviously not playing the the Pittsburgh Steelers that, that often Do you find yourself kind of cheering for them as well?
0: No, because Steeler <laughs> fans are just miserable. So, <laughs> they're, they're, but you know, growing up a Bears fan in Steeler country is very tough because the Steelers were always so successful and the Bears were always so not and so they're, they're they're complaining and they want Tomlin fired and they want this fired and the guy's never had a losing season he's, he's won you a Super Bowl you know they're uh, Ben back in his heyday they hate him he's a bum get him out of here I'm like you guys don't know what it's like to not have a quarterback they're talking about we don't have a coach we don't have a quarterback you don't even know that half of it you you don't know what it's like to be a Bears fan and not ever have a 4,000 yard passer whenever you're whenever you're holding on to records by Sid Luckman and you can talk about Jake Cutler being <laughs> the best quarterback of all time and you're 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 just grasping at all these retread quarterbacks that you hope you can make something out of. So um I, I respect the Steelers. I, I mean and I and I grew up, you know, what because you know it was before you know Sunday ticket and cable and satellite and all that other stuff. So the Steelers were on every week. So it was hard to watch the Bears in Pittsburgh, but you you had to, you know, I checked up on them and I tried to we actually got uh, my uncle's show uh, on a good day you could get it on the am radio and then once the i'm not really not that old but we just didn't get the internet until i was older <laughs> so uh, it was uh, so but once once we finally got our family computer when i was in the eighth grade uh you were able to listen to you were able to stream it so um but yeah it's it was tough because Every year, it's like you know, oh, Steeler playoff party, Steeler playoff party. Wear your it's black and gold day. Wear this. I'm like this sucks. <laughs> I never get to experience this stuff. But uh, yeah, but it's it's but I, it's funny because I'm a I'm a Pirates fan and I'm a Penguins fan, uh, but I'm not a Steelers fan. And just go figure. I'm I'm am not a fan of the most successful franchise in the city. But that's how it works. I was I have a bloodline into the Chicago Bears. I got to stick with them.
2: Very good. And I guess just uh, on some of that confusion and, and frustration with the team. Um, John, how have you felt the off season has gone at health hall so far uh, as we lead into the draft?
0: Hate it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, so, uh, well, I mean, it, I mean, this is a rhetorical question, but where have they gotten better? It, tell me, tell me where they're better. If you want to make, if you want to say they got incrementally better with Andy Dalton, fine, but they're, they're not, they're certainly not better at cornerback. After losing Kyle Fuller, uh, so where are they better? I, I just, I mean, the offensive line could be better next year, but it's basically the same guys. They're just getting more reps, but it's not like they went out and they really addressed it. They brought back Jermaine Fetti who's probably going to be the starting right tackle, but uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, there's just. When the Dalton News came down, I felt bad for him just because all of this you know vitriol and this anger it was coming out and it wasn't directed at Andy Dalton Andy Dalton seems like a stand up guy he 100%. seems like a, a high a high character guy uh, and I, and all of this anger and was in the tweets and the social media outrage was not directed at him as the person what it was directed at was the front office because once again the Chicago Bears are striving for mediocrity i mean all of that frustration came out from never being able to get the quarterback position right it came out of hiring a a Offensive guru, head coach, but you have some of the worst offenses in the league. It come, it came out of just uh, never being able to put it all together. It's saying when this team looks like it's more fitted for a rebuild, it says no, we're gonna, we're gonna win now. So we're gonna go get what Andy Dalton. It's, it's frustration because the Bears were all in on getting Russell Wilson, and then your consolation prize is Andy Dalton. So I, I, I get it. It, the, the argument is, well, what did you expect? I mean, it's, it's, you, you can't make the Seahawks trade with you. They, they went after it. They don't raise banners for trying guys. They're not going to week one. They're not going to raise a big banner. And soldier field said, we tried for Russell Wilson. <laughs> this is the results driven league. If you can't get it done, get somebody in there that can. And so what we've seen, and, and I don't want to hear about this. Oh, Matt Nagy's never had a losing season. He's gone to the playoffs two out of three years they had to create a playoff spot for this guy and 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 also This is a guy that was supposed to revolutionize the offense. This was a guy that didn't come here to run the I formation. And in the last two years, he's had offenses ranked 29th and 26th. I don't want to hear about the great job he's doing. He's being carried by his defenses, something he probably has very little impact on. So the thing that he has the least amount of impact on is the biggest strength of the team. So I don't want to hear about how good of a job Matt Nagy's doing. I don't want to hear about how he's, how they got into the playoffs and got smoked since when when is that just the when is that the the pinnacle when is that what you're striving for they they'd rather nibble on mediocrity than choke on greatness and I stole that line from Dan Orvaloski so I want to make sure that I, I want to make sure that I credit him for that but at the same time all of that frustration at Dalton was not at Andy Dalton it was at the Chicago Bears organization that every year we have to hear about the 85 Bears as if it just happened yesterday as it be I wasn't alive when the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl. A lot of people, most of the fans, a lot of fans weren't. But every year we got to, you know, Singletary and Butkus and and Peyton and Sayers and all of these things that we hold so dearly the Chicago Bears. These things are happening 40 years ago. You have to have something else to 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 fall back on now. There has to be new history. We can't just keep going back as if 1985 happened yesterday. This ain't Back to the Future. There ain't no DeLorean. There ain't no Marty. There ain't no Doc Brown. This still happened 40 years ago. So we can't stop. We we, they can't keep feeding us this as if oh why aren't you still why why didn't that 85 season tide you over why why aren't you still why aren't you still happy with that. I'm not happy with that. Most Bears fans aren't. And I think that what you saw was a boil over of that frustration where it's just like, we're done. We're done just accepting these retreads. Think about, think, think about the, the lineage of quarterbacks that the Chicago Bears have had even in the last, what, 20, uh, 20 plus years. It's either a first-round bust or a retread quarterback. So you want to go back to Cade McNown in 1998. That worked out. Rex Grossman in 03, that worked out. Mitch Trubisky, clearly it did not work out. So who else do we have in there? We got retreads. Cordell Stewart. Oh, he had a pretty good season for the Steelers. Let's throw him in. Oh, uh, Chris Chandler, he's 95 years old, but he went to the Super Bowl with the the Falcons. Let's bring him in. Jason Campbell, he washed out in Washington. Uh, Let's let's bring him over. Uh, Nick Foles, he won Super Bowl MVP, and he knows Matt Nagy he knows the offense let's bring him over oh wait how about Andy Dalton he had a couple good years with Bill Lazor let's we can fix him all it's it's just a bunch of 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 bald tires that that, that the Bears are trying to carve tread back into and say look brand new this will work there it's just snake oil it's snake oil and there's been selling it to us for years
1: John.
2: Outstanding. You I, up all of, all of our feelings in a couple of minutes. That's, that's brilliant.
1: <laughs> I, I applaud well you. There, there, yeah, there is so much to, to, to tackle in there. I mean, just just one thing. One of my favorite pieces that I've ever written is the top 10 reasons why the Chicago Bears need to win the Super Bowl. And for those that haven't read it, I'm sorry. I'm going to spoil it for you. Number 10, I never, ever ever want to hear about the, the 1985 Chicago Bears ever again. I'm done with it. They were fantastic. They were the best. They were fun to watch, all of those things, but I'm done listening to them. All right, so, so John, I mean, you, you really wrapped up a whole lot of the things that we are feeling about this. Let's, let's put you in a different position. I'm going to put you in the GM spot. You've, you've got pick number 20 coming up. You've got a whole lot of sixth round picks. If you're sitting in that spot, what does an ideal Chicago Bears draft look like for
0: you? Ideally, you don't want to give up too much draft capital for something just because I think that there's a lot of things that need addressed. Ideally, if everything works out perfectly, one of those quarterbacks slips to 13, 14, 15, and maybe the Bears can can make a play. But it, it really looks like there's going to be three quarterbacks taking one, two, three, and then there's going to be, it's going to be up for grabs. And I think a lot of other teams have more ammunition to make a better package to move up to get a Trey Lance or to get up to get Justin Fields. Um, it's it's not crazy to think one of those guys can slip we saw it happen with aaron Rodgers. we saw it happen with brady quinn johnny manzel now i know those aren't great examples but uh, but at the same time we've seen some of these first round talents drop towards the end we've seen i mean geno smith fell out teddy bridgewater uh lamar jackson so we've seen guys fall towards the end of the first who we thought might go a little earlier uh so i think ideally that would be great if if Justin Fields falls to you know 17, 18, the Bears can make a, a good um, something that's not gonna you know mortgage the next two years worth of draft picks and you can move up and you can and you can make a play. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think there's I think there's gonna be too much demand for these guys. Uh, I think a lot of these teams are gonna. I mean, look at New England can possibly jump up and have a better draft package to to trade up with. Um, I mean. Denver, I think has has a has a number nine pick that they could use to to move up if they really needed to. Uh, ideally, it would be. <laughs> I don't want to say that your best your best plan is hoping someone falls, but ideally, that is what happened. But uh, realistically, I, I just don't think that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, John, you've got the chair. What 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 do you think will happen? Uh,
0: what I think will happen is. It's hard. Ryan Pace is so unpredictable in these situations, but if I were Ryan Pace, I'd probably stand Pat. And then I know that if a lot of these teams are going to make a play for their quarterback in the first round, uh, I would be fine going out and bolstering the offensive line for a number of reasons. One, there's no guarantee that they're, I mean, Jermaine Fetty's back on a one-year deal. Charles Leno could potentially get cut after this year. So that leaves you without both of your starting tackles. Uh, so I think it would be wise to start reloading there. And, and in my mock draft over at Bears Barroom, I have them taking Tevin Jenkins, the, uh, the tackle out of Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, very, very athletic, plays with a mean streak. I think that that could be a guy – that anchors the line moving forward it either left or they can move him over to right tackle for a year. They, they even said he's, he's versatile enough to play guard <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he needs to. Uh, but I think that they should go out, bolster the offensive line in the first round. And then, and if anyone's listened to my show before, they know that I've been beating the drum. I love Kellen Mond out of, out of Texas A&M. So this is, a guy, this is a guy that I say he's not going to be there in the third round. So go ahead. If you want to be aggressive and you want to, you want to, you know, go after your guy, why not just reach for a guy rather than draft that rather than spending a bunch of draft capital to move up, reach and get Kellen Mond because he's not going to be there in the third round. He's shown plenty of intangibles that you would want in a leader. He plays good out of He plays pretty well out of the play action. He's, he's progressed quite a, uh, quite a bit throughout his college career. Yeah. There are some things to clean up. Yeah. There are consistency issues, but, He's gonna sit. He's gonna sit behind Andy Dalton and Nick Foles for a year anyway. So let him work on those mechanical issues. Whenever he, whenever he has some real raw athletic talent, mind you, this is the same. What, I mean, this is the same draft report that you can get from uh, leaves too many big plays on the field. Um, that, not sure that it's ready. Not sure that he ever going to translate into the NFL. Um, erratic arm sometimes, herky jerky motion. Who am I talking about? That's what they said about Patrick Mahomes. Now I'm not saying. Let's let's be very clear. I'm not saying that Kellen Mond will be Patrick Mahomes. We're writing this saying, down. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these things can be cleaned up. My problem is a lot of those things can be cleaned up under the right coaching. Let's not forget. Uh, let's not forget man. that Andy Reid was there. Now Matt Nagy was there when Patrick Mahomes was a rookie, so maybe. Uh, I don't know how much impact he really had on that. Uh, but I think that you get your developmental quarterback in the second round, and then beyond that you got plenty of leads they could go after a cornerback i have them taking uh, another d tackle i have them taking uh, T- uh tyler shelvin the 6'3 350 pound defensive tackle out of lsu i just think they need to reload because i don't think akeem hicks will be on the team after next year i think that you start looking for his heir apparent so um i think that they, they could reload and have a, and have him learn behind guys like eddie goldman and akeem hicks and then transfer into that starting role uh his second season but uh I, I just think that there's a lot of things they can, they can fill with those draft picks. And if, and what, and don't get me wrong. If it would have taken three first-round picks to get Russell Wilson, fine, take it. That's 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 all I, all I want is consistency at the quarterback position. I don't care. I don't care. Give me consistency at the quarterback position. Everything else can fill. I would have been fine with that. Moving up to get a guy that you're still not sure about, or because they'd have to be they'd have to be selling the farm to either move up to get what what seems to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And if you're not in love with those guys, then why take the chance on the risking? You, 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 I, I would get. I understand trading that much to get a proven commodity. Russell Wilson's a Super Bowl champion, one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We don't know about these other guys. Statistically speaking, these five quarterbacks that'll probably go in the first round, half of them, more than half of them, three of them will wash out, two of them will be bad. You can't tell. I mean, this I mean, there's a reason why they made a 30 for 30 out of the Elway de Marino class because it doesn't happen. So at least two or three of these guys is going to complete is going to just be a flop. And you don't want to be the bears trading all that draft capital. And then he flops. I understand how much they gave up for Mr. Trubisky, And so you don't, you, obviously you don't want a repeat of that and possibly even more so to move up from 20. So uh, I would stay pat and, and just kind of address the needs that you need to do. Um, and also I want to address that a lot of people saying that the bears should use that first round pick for a wide receiver. I am not in that camp at all. And I, and, and a number of reasons, one, you have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, and then you can fill, you can you can try to fill it in, uh, you can fill that in afterwards. And look, Darnell Mooney was a fifth-round pick. My whole point here is you can find value at the wide receiver position just like you can at the running back position later on in the rounds. And just to kind of bolster this a little bit, first-round draft picks as far as wide receivers go don't have a great history. Let's look at the Chicago Bears. Let's go the whole way back to 2001. David Terrell, I think he was taken eighth overall in 2001. 6'3", ran, ran like a deer. Didn't really do much. And so for every Megatron, there's a Charles Rogers, God rest his soul, and there's a Mike Williams, just ask the Detroit Lions. Three three wide receivers. One of them turned out well. Ted Ginn was taken ninth overall in two thousand and seven. Uh, der- der- words like, or names like Darius Hayward Bay and Ted uh, Ted Ginn and Kevin White with the Chicago Bears. Another one, but just if, if you're saying John, whoa, that's ancient history. Let's even look at the let's even look at the last four years. In twenty seventeen. The number five overall pick was Corey Davis, a solid wide receiver, but the number five overall pick in the draft. And there's a reason why he's on a different team now. If he was electric and a game changer and worth it, they would have re-signed him. The number seven pick in 2017, uh, Mike Williams for the Chargers. Yeah, had, a, had a, I think he had a 10 touchdown season in 2018, but he's never cracked 50 receptions in a season. Probably something you could have gotten in, this, in, this, in the second or third round. The third receiver taken in that draft I think at number nine remember John Ross what did that 4-2-2-40 get you it gets you an average of 12 receptions a year over a four-year span (laughs) so that's just 2017 in 2018 the only receiver taken in the first round I think was DJ Moore that worked out but once again only one receiver taken in the first round 2019 what Hollywood Brown and Akil Harry do, would you want somebody of that caliber for the, would you, would you, if I said the bears can draft Nikhil Harry or Hollywood Brown at number 20, knowing what they are, would you take that? No, I definitely. would not. Yeah, I, no. I, and I would not. So, And then, and, and then last year, I mean, the jury's out, but last year was a friggin' circus. I think six wide receivers got taken in the first round. So you got like Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager and uh, Jerry Judy and Brandon Ayuk and Justin Jefferson. Jaylen, uh, and so, these guys, C.D. Lamb, how can I forget C.D. Lamb? So C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson were the only ones that so far I can say, yeah, those guys are going to be game changers. Those were, those were good picks. The other four, maybe, but the jury's out. My point behind all of this is these guys that look like surefire game changers at the college level at wide receiver, and we get enamored by a lot of that, You look at, look at the last four years and say how many of those first-round picks as wide receivers really worked out not many. And, and I don't trust the bears to find the right one. <laughs> so give me, give me uh something that has a little more security to it. And that would be the offensive line, something that you need to shore up something that is a weakness right now, wide receiver. You got two, you got Allen Robinson and you got, and you got Darnell Mooney and whatever's out left after that. And, and, oh, by the way, you trade up to get Anthony Miller. That didn't really work out either. So, uh, but um, so, I think if you're really worried about that wide receiver position, go ahead and use a third round pick, go ahead and use a fourth round pick. There's value there. Let's look at the Pittsburgh Steelers for God's sakes. Remember in 2010, they drafted Emmanuel Sanders in the third round and Antonio Brown in the sixth round. The year before, they got Mike Wallace in the third round, a guy that would put up really, really solid numbers and got paid in Miami. And then you look at they get Deontay Johnson in the third round in 2019. He had 88 catches last year. And Juju Smith Schuster, Chase Claypool, both second round picks. They don't they they build from the middle rounds and they've hit on a whole lot of them and they haven't had to waste a first round pick on it so I, I i would say the bears would be better off going out and if they really need to bolster their wide receiver position go ahead and use an early to to mid-round pick on it but not in the first round
1: well to your point john you know you got to think that ryan pace's bread and butter has been in rounds two through five that's where he seemingly has gotten the best value with all of his players uh you know and sometimes i think hey get him out of the first round because he just keeps missing there
0: yeah. now
1: John, I want to get to to our absolute favorite segment. You, you've you hit us with so much wonderful stuff. And we want to get to our favorite segment for all of our first-time guests. It's called Unpopular Opinion. Now, we've had guests <laughs> throw things all over the board. We've had some that have had some football ones, some that have had some not football ones. And so, John, I got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion?
0: This, uh, I guess it would be this. I am now in my, I guess, still in my early thirties. Uh, and as of today, 33 years old, but, uh, but, Happy birthday um, sir, today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Today, today. Yes. Yes. Happy
1: birthday, man. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you for spending
0: thank your you. birthday with us. Absolutely. No place I'd rather be. Uh, but, uh, most guys my age, they get really snooty about like craft beer. And I am the least craft beer person ever. I think it's trash. So <laughs> I'm not like, oh, let's go get an IPA. I'm like, oh my god, let's go get a creamy dark stout, Huffen, waffen waffenweizen, whatever. I'm just absolutely not. If I wanted to drink bath soap, I'd go to I'd go to Walmart and get some. I hate craft beer. With a passion, I would rather have a nice frosty natural light in my hand on a nice hot day than to to have something that tastes like I should be dumping it on my pancakes and send like, oh, this is refreshing. Oh, wait, I'm full. And so I, this, and I know this is unpopular because there are so many craft beer bros out there. I... hate it if i if i i I go to a brewery i'm like hey man you guys gotta have like something in cans right or you gotta have something in bottles because this this ain't me this ain't not and it it might be my country upbringing it may be my blue collar roots that just is not me man and i can tell you that nobody in my family likes that junk either so as unpopular as it is don't take me to a brewery. Don't take me to a micro whatever. Don't give me a, you know, a big old whatever they're called. One of those things called that you can get refilled. I, I, I have no idea. But you Growler? Uh, yeah, a growler. Don't give me a growler, because you know what you know what's you know what's going in there. A nice American pilsner that costs nine dollars a case. That's what that's what's going in that growler, if you ask me. So that would be my unpopular opinion.
1: So it's it's so funny uh, that you say that because literally I find myself and so many of the points that you made, standing here applauding. Our our listeners can't <laughs> see. At one point, my arms go up in the air. I'm so excited, Kellen Mond. Let's go! And then. And then this is where we we, we, we go you. our separate ways.
0: <laughs> I disappointed you. <laughs> I, I think John's on his own island, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can feel that I was just, the, the air just went out of everyone. I was
2: yeah. <laughs> um, John, did you have anyone that you wanted to send a shout out to?
0: yeah uh actually over uh over at bears Barroom, i want to sh- i want to shout out everyone there especially my my co-host and co-producer uh Alyssa barbieri she is the glue that keeps us together over there uh and she does an, a, an amazing job i don't know how she juggles everything she's also the managing editor over at bears wire uh and then she helps us obviously over at bears Barroom, room but uh, she helps co-host both of our shows uh helps co-produce both of our shows and she's available anytime that we need anything uh and so especially Alyssa, uh, but, uh, everyone over, over at the bar room. It's just, uh, I, it's, it's incredible. We are about to, we're, we're, I, I guess I can say that we're, we're, basically going to renew uh, I think a fifth year of buffon 55 on the on the barroom network so uh, it's it's looking like we're leaning that way so we're really excited about that and so it's just everyone over there it's an incredible environment I love everybody over there and it's been I, I wouldn't be there five years if I didn't love being there so uh, it's a I just shout out to that just a great great podcasting company uh, a great vision and also just great co-workers so I, I appreciate everybody over there
2: that's really awesome, John. And uh, how can our wonderful listeners find you? Um,
0: yeah, so uh, you can you can interact with me on Twitter at J is in John, D is in Douglas, and then my last name Buffone, B-U-F-F-O-N-E. Yes. Doug is a family name so I get to I get to carry that along with me in my middle name uh and uh, obviously check out all of my witty banter over there <laughs> and then you can listen to our podcasts at Bears Barroom uh we we host uh Pass the Mic and we host Buffon 55. Buffon 55 is a Bears-centric podcast uh we go every week during the season and then once a month in the off season uh Pass the Mic is a project I am incredibly proud of and I hope that everyone has a chance to check it out it's all about empowering female voices in sports and sports media all too often women in sports media and as athletes are judged unfairly for either what they wear or uh or just because they're a woman in sports they get all this unwarranted harassment so through an open and sometimes difficult conversation we have guests on who talk about the struggles that That they've had uh coming up through the industry and then we also talk about their triumphs our first guest was peggy kaczynski a legendary sport chicago sportscaster talking about all the struggles she had to go through to get to where she is uh we've interviewed so many incredible women and some of these like i said some of these conversations are incredibly uncomfortable or uh, detailed, but that's why we did it. Because I think a lot of the times when you just see it, you just you don't really think about it. When, when you have a person in their own words telling you about their personal experience, it really hits you differently. It really shows you that this crap still goes on. Still goes on in 2021. So it, it's our job to To just aim for if we can make one iota of difference if we can if we can just make one little inroad on somebody's uh ignorance, then we have done our job and so it has been a very rewarding uh show i've learned a lot i 've uh, i've learned that it's just I mean, this was this has been as eye-opening for me as it has been for everyone else, and so it's been very rewarding. And that that show has been something that uh, I'm very proud to be a part of. And uh, and the, the shout out to the Barroom Network for basically when we brought the idea to them, they wasn't even it wasn't even a, a conversation. They said, "Do it, let's make it happen," and they they were super supportive of it from the very start. And uh, Alyssa and I also host that show, so it's uh it's incredible. Uh, it's an incredible experience for both of us.
1: Man, there are a lot of good people over at Bears Barroom. Ryan Badgley, we, we can't say enough great things about that guy. John yourself, obviously. Alyssa, man, that, that that is that is just a, a great group. So so John, we gotta say this first and foremost, thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Report podcast. We appreciate your time greatly. We know that you are all over the place. And so thank you so much for being on the show. Happy birthday to you. And obviously, we wish you nothing but continued success uh, with both both Buffon55 and Pass the Mic and everything else that you've got going on, man. Truly, thank you so
0: much for being with us tonight. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Give me a ring. I'll jump on it. Birthday or not, who cares? We're talking Chicago bears. (laughs) I know, I know that it's infuriating sometimes, but it's my most favorite. It's my most favorite thing in the entire world to talk about. I can say that. And I I was born into it. I I got that passion from my uncle and he, one of the first lessons he ever told me is if you don't have passion, you don't got nothing. And so uh, whenever we go into a show or we're going in to talk about something, you gotta be, you gotta be fired up about it one way or the other. And uh, it's just, I, I just love talking about it. this doesn't it never seems like work so I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, anytime you need anything just give me a call thank
1: you so much John you take care of yourself all right
0: yeah take care guys wow
1: Mike so that guy wow John I I, I don't know how he does it he must have just caffeine on top of caffeine like that dude the second he was like question it was bam energy 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 like incredible what would what, you think
2: I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was fantastic. He really was. And, and the, as soon as we got him talking about the current state of the bears, he just summed up all of our feelings um, in, in that succinct three or four minutes. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it was really great to hear his stories and his love for his uncle. And yeah, it was, it was really, uh, really quite, quite beautiful, really.
1: Yeah, you know, it's we forget that sometimes that the the professional athletes that we watch. They're, I mean, they're real human beings. They do things better than than most people, but but they have families. And I don't know. I thought that was that was really really cool to to see him. You know, talk about that. And and you're right. His his passion about Ryan Pace and and Matt Nagy was. I mean, it's just it was it was spot on. It was just and it was electric.
2: It really was. <laughs>
1: All right. So, so before we get any further, uh, I got to give a quick shout out to Greg Williams for stepping in to do our Green Bay Packers off season episode. Uh, Greg, if you just happen to be listening, thank you so much. Uh, You know, like our listeners heard, um, I reached out to a couple different Packers podcasts and got absolutely no response whatsoever. Um, And Greg was more than William, more than willing, excuse me, to step up and do it. So, but, but Ozzy, the big news for, for all of us over here at the Bear Down Report is you. You're a new staff writer. So first questions first, man. I got to ask, why did you decide that you wanted to write for the Bear Down Report?
2: Well, it kind of um, just happened by accident, really. I just sort of had a bit of of a think about how the things were going with the Bears and uh, I guess some of the decisions that were made. And uh, I guess I put a few words down on paper and that sort of evolved into a, a bit of a story. And Yeah, I think some of our listeners or most of our listeners will share the same view um, and and that has been some of that frustration and I guess that was kind of where that first sort of article was, was born from.
1: Well, I've, I've been fortunate enough to read, uh, you know, two of your other pieces. I'm not exactly sure when those are going to get dropped. Uh, I know we got to kind of spread things out a little bit here in the offseason, but uh, they're really, really good. I can't wait, especially your your piece about um, tying together Australian football and Chicago Bears football is is one I think that, that our listeners and our readers are really, really, really going to enjoy. Um, I, I, again, dude, I, I, you know, this is incredible is – your original episode talking about the AFL and your love for the Chicago Bears is our number one most listened to episode, man. That's got to be a, a sense of pride for you.
2: Yeah, it really is. And um, I, think, I think probably that was what I'm sharing with the family, some of the, some of the links <laughs> and uh, the, the likes for the episode. But um, no, uh, yeah, quite overwhelmed with everything. And, and I guess just with that, um, the story that will come out shortly I had the privilege of seeing a live game of um, AFL and it had been a good 18 months. since I'd been able to do that. And obviously you guys will get your chance uh, in, in September and, and just that feeling. And I guess what I was really trying to achieve from that, uh, that story was that um, you guys are going to get that opportunity soon. And it's really exciting. It'll be such a great uh, occasion for you all.
1: Oh man, that had to be somewhat surreal. I mean, taking all that that time away with COVID nineteen, and then being able to step back on and, and see your your favorite team get on the field. I mean, that, that had to be really special for you.
2: It really was, and and I sort of mentioned this in the story that it was like uh, family coming together once again. And uh, again, that that's what Bears fans will uh, get to enjoy, uh, hopefully in in a few months' time.
1: Let's say I just you know, sent you over more than enough to get you a flight to Chicago. And, you know, obviously, you don't need to worry about hotels, you've got the bear down report, you got plenty of stuff, people to stay with and all that. If you were going to visit Chicago, what are the things that you would most look forward to doing in, in the city or near and around the city?
2: Well, probably do a few things that are part of uh, some unpopular opinions, uh, definitely have to have some deep fish pizza and, and get stuck into some of the Bud Light. And uh, I guess as John touched on earlier, also some craft beer. So <laughs> I guess a bit of everything that might be uh, unpopular with some of our guests that have appeared previously.
1: Man, it, all I'm saying is if you walk into Soldier Field and just start talking a little bit and saying that you're a Bears fan, there is no way you're paying for any of your food or any of your drinks as soon as they hear how much you love this team you know, from afar, it's just, it's so cool. All right, let, 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 me, let me show you just, just some, some other quick questions here. Uh, random one here, hot dogs or burgers? What's your preference?
2: Burgers, but when I had my hot dogs, I had uh, ketchup or sauce on them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, you haven't had a Chicago style dog, so we'll have to take care of that when, when you get out here. What is something that you wish more Americans knew about Australia or you wish that they knew about uh, the AFL or just general knowledge you wish Americans knew about Australians and, and, and you Aussie, man.
2: I think it would be AFL as a whole, uh, the sport. Uh, I think what I've seen, and especially with you, Ryan, and your interest and Kevin um, when we spoke is as soon as you guys over there see the game, you're hooked. Uh, And it's, it's, quite common with most American viewers of, of the game. As soon as they see it, they're like, what the hell is this game? And, and right away, they're, they're into it and they've found their team and, and they're, they're supporting and um, getting up at all kinds of crazy hours. So it definitely would be just how great the game is.
1: I am elated to wake up at 4.40 in the morning for the next Port Adelaide footy game. Um, and if if any of our listeners are are on the fence about thinking about it, check it out. It's fast. It's physical. It's high scoring. It's so much fun. All right. Okay. How about this one? Any weird Americanisms? Anything that you've noticed that you just like... Not that you don't understand it, but you just don't get it. You don't understand why Americans do it. Any, anything that you've picked up on or you've noticed thus far?
2: Back to the hot dogs, I think. Just the, the outrage when, and I can't remember the guest, you might be able to remind me of who that was, but ketchup on a hot dog is a big no-no over there.
1: Yes, that was Mike Fitzgerald, who is not from the Chicagoland area. And I'm going to put this out here one more time. Um, it is a history thing. So uh, the Chicago, uh, there was the Chicago market, and it was a, a group of immigrants, and they basically said, "Like, hey, let's put all of our minds together, and we'll create the Chicago style dog." So you've you've got uh, the the Germans throwing in the 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 dog itself, you've got uh, Mexicans throwing in the peppers, the Italians throwing in the tomatoes, and some of that other stuff. And what you get as a result is supposed to be a perfect combination of flavors. And if you put ketchup on it, it's supposed to overpower the flavor. So I will say this, a lot of Chicagoans put ketchup on their hot dogs, but they don't do it if you get a Chicago style dog. And so my friend, when you get over here, we will make sure to educate you properly, my friend, so that you have the Chicago style dog as well, my friend, as the deep dish pizza, you will be gaining at least 30 pounds when you leave the Chicagoland area.
2: Bloody Ripper, mate. Love it.
1: <laughs> All right. So, folks, um, Mike, any uh, shout-outs that you'd like to give out before we uh, we get out of here, before our listeners uh, are, are done listening to us for this episode?
2: Um, just a quick shout-out to our Australian listeners. Um, we're obviously starting to build up a few. And um, Andrew, who you, uh, you mentioned last week, but I might give a quick shout-out to my sister, who I missed on uh, the last time I was on. Um, she was actually proposed to in front of Buckingham Fountain. So, yeah, Sarah and her husband, James, who's a Titans supporter. Um, yeah, don't know how that works out. But, yeah, Sarah, hello, and um, keep listening. Wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. So your sister, who's a Titans fan, has been to Chicago, but you, who are a diehard Bears fan, have not yet been to the city of Chicago.
2: No, so Sarah is a Bears fan. Her husband, James, is a Titans fan.
1: Got it. Now I understand. That's, okay. That's the connection. I'm, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still mad at you because you haven't been here yet. So it's going to have to happen at some point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it certainly will.
1: All right. For all of you listeners, if you couldn't tell, we're clearly so excited that Ozzy, uh, Mike Oosterwick, uh, Ozzy is going to be joining us. Um, he's obviously going to be on the pod more than a few times. Uh, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have him. Um, you know, the, the crazy hours that he is putting into to get you some fantastic content on BeardownReport.com. please check it out. It's so good. It's fascinating stuff. Really, really good read. Um, And we can't wait. You know, when the season rolls around, we're going to have several writers coming out with with content for you guys left and right. The podcast will be up and running and we are thrilled about it.
2: So if you like what you hear, please write, review, subscribe, give us a five-star review. And as always, bear down.